Yesterday, I screamed fuck into a pillow about four times at the top of my lungs, and I'm convinced that everyone in the building still heard me and now thinks that I'm a psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? It's what it is. <laughs> like, oh, we won't go. We won't They'll go. They'll give knocking. you space on the elevator on the stairs. Oh, yeah. They're like, we're not going to go uh, knocking on her door asking for anything. Looks like you've officially entered the group chat with your best friends. My name is Ali Paducci, and this is the Unfiltered Podcast, the place where we leave the heavily filtered world of social media to talk about anything and everything uncensored. From personal wellness to entrepreneurship, spirituality, sex, surviving breakups, and hilarious stories in between, join me as I navigate adulthood with real, unfiltered conversations. Hello, you guys. Happy Friday. And holy shit, how are we on episode nine of this podcast? I'm freaking out. These weeks are going by so fast. Um, It's officially been a month since I've relaunched this podcast and... I can't thank you enough for continuing to listen. I'm having so much fun and I hope you guys are gaining a lot from our conversations that we're having on the podcast. And ultimately, my goal with this podcast is to have you feeling like you're hanging out with your best friends and you're having important conversations. You're laughing, you're learning, and you just have the opportunity to kick back. So in case you're listening for the first time this week, or maybe you've been listening for the past couple of episodes and you've noticed a bit of a change, I just want to give you an updated rundown of the Unfiltered with Ali podcast schedule and what you guys can expect when you're listening. So I have two episodes that launch every single week. So we have the weekly Friday episode, which is where you're at now. And these episodes are going to be long form content and bringing on guests to have bigger, more in-depth conversations with hopefully some takeaways that you can kind of absorb and start applying into your life. And on Tuesdays, that's when you will find the Honey Check segment that is hosted with my best friend, Jennifer Angaro. And that's going to be shorter episodes, short stories, girl chat, talking shit, getting a little bit outrageous and likely giving you guys some mediocre advice. So thank you guys for listening so far. I'm very excited to introduce this week's guest. And this week, I'm going to be having a conversation with Ashley Ray. Ashley Ray is the founder and CEO of Mala Collective. The company works with artisans in Asia from Bali to India to Nepal, and they work to create products that support mindfulness and meditation practices. Since starting Mala Collective in 2011, she's taught meditation across North America, taking meditation trainings from LA to New York to India, Bali, and she's worked to make meditation and mindfulness more accessible and fun. Ashley has worked with some amazing brand partners from Lululemon to Anthropology, and she's been featured in some pretty awesome places like British Vogue, Yoga Journal, Goop, Well and Good, and Poosh. Today, she is hanging out with me on the podcast, and we're going to dive right into it. So let's go. Ashley, I am so excited to have you on the show today. I am a big fan of Mala Collective. And the first time I, I heard your story, I felt very warm and fuzzy and very much in alignment because Also, funny enough, (laughs) I was actually in the process, this is like maybe 2015, I was actually in the process of interviewing with Mala. Oh! But you guys never hired me, so that was rude. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that is so, I'm so embarrassed. (laughs) No, it's okay. I just think it was so funny. Um, But at the time, I was actually transitioning out of like eight years in the travel industry. And I was a very big traveler myself. The The last company I was at, as I transitioned out, um, I spent a lot of time in Southeast Asia and we sold trips specifically in Southeast Asia and Central America. So I did operations for them as well. And yeah, got to spend, spend a lot of time there. And obviously like everyone who has been to Bali falls in love with it. Um, of course, I loved Ubud. And then when you mentioned the yoga barn, I'm like, who doesn't go there? So I just yeah. at the time had such a like, I was so drawn to the story. Um, but now I also feel like I'm taking time to tell your story. So I'll just like, let you get to it. <laughs> but also what your personal journey was and how you got to realizing that Mala was like the path you should be on. Ooh. That's a big question. Thank you. And thank you for that vignette. That's so cool. How small and beautiful is the world. I love that. That's so great. Um, 
Okay, so first off, thank you for having me. I'm very grateful oh, to be you're here. You're welcome. Okay, so let's let me let me rewind a little bit before I started Mal, and I can share kind of the what got me there. So I used to be a journalist. I used to cover murder trials, and which is a very very different what? life um, than <laughs> mindfulness and meditation. And my partner and I at the time had, I guess, the equivalent of a quarter life crisis, and kind of reached all these goals, and then thought, well, what's our purpose? What are we meant to be doing? You know, we're in our early twenties, and we've already achieved these things. Uh, so we quit our jobs, went traveling. And that's when we ended up in Bali, fell in love with these mala beads. Um, a woman came up to us on the plane between Bali and Thailand and said, I love your aura. Can I sit with you? She starts talking to us. Turns out she's the woman that made these beautiful beads that we had fallen in love with uh, in Ubud. And we had bought a whole bunch of them for friends and family. Uh, so she tells us this story that her guru says, get these beads to the West. They embody peace. The more the West wears them, uh, the more the world will be at peace, but the West needs it the most. I'm like, oh, cool, we're from the West, we dig peace. <laughs> so the, the entry point to entrepreneurship was very naive and very serendipitous. Like sitting beside somebody on a plane when we weren't seeking this path uh, was so beautiful. And I think, you know, a couple of things coming out of that, now it's nine years later and mindfulness and meditation is so prevalent. And of course we meditate, of course we do these things to still our mind. But nine years ago, I didn't know what an entrepreneur was. I didn't, mm -hmm. you know, practice meditation. Um, why would you quit your job? How, why were you doing this? Because you <laughs> met a hippie on a plane. Are you insane? So all this feedback we got. Was Eat, Pray, we, Love out at the time? I think it had just come out. This was 2011. <laughs> so Eat, Pray, Love, I think it had been out for a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe, maybe within, like, it was still riding high. There were still posters of Julia Roberts around Bali everywhere. So I can't remember if it was like, heyday, Eat, Pray, Love, but yeah, <laughs> relevant, relevant for sure. Um, so I would say there, there's a few things to be said around that experience. Like, you know, the serendipitous collision on the plane, beautiful. Um, and so many people say to me, I wish something would fall into my lap like it did for you. Mm. And I, I understand that and I hear that. And my, my ask of people when they say that is reflect on how many people you meet every single day that could change your life and you could change theirs. And if we are open to it, if we're open to receiving, we're open to connecting, that we can have these interactions in the day-to-day, -day, but usually that, oh, it's too good to be true, or I could never do that kind of mentality comes up. You're like so, closed off to the serendipity, we're so like the synchronicity. Off. Yes, yes. So I think at that point, a few things, like we were naive, we were really young. Mm. Um, we, we realized we are our own backup plan. If something goes terribly wrong, we'll be fine. So I don't think when we started the business, it was, this is my service, this is my purpose, this is my, this is my life journey. It was, wow, what a, cool, what a cool moment to meet somebody that created something we, we love. And what mm. a cool experience would it be to help people find peace because we're curious about it. And I think that journalistic background of, asking questions and getting curious about it. I didn't know a ton about meditation. I was wondering, ooh, can I sit there for 30 minutes without my mind wandering? Like, mm -hmm. do I have to, you know, sit on a cushion in stillness and not move? God, my leg falls asleep. I get hungry. I hear a dog. My mind wanders. And so it was my own curiosity and our own curiosity of what is mindfulness? What is meditation? How can we do it right? How can we abolish those thoughts of there's a wrong way to meditate? So, you know, I think nine years later, I, it's very clear to me, this is my purpose. And it's very clear to me, this is of service. And it's very clear to me, this business is so much bigger than me. But in those moments, I could never have known that. I could never manifested this. I could never manifest sitting here and talking yeah. to you about this. So it's, <laughs> it's such a wild ride. And to slow down and reflect on that, um, you know, we don't often reflect on where we've, what we've accomplished, what we've done. We're usually just looking forward at what there's totally. left to do. Yeah. Or like what you haven't done. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, this is such a good segue because I want this, I want this episode to kind of be centered a lot around mindfulness. Um, because if anyone who's practiced it, or maybe you're curious about it, it's not only an integral part of functioning as an entrepreneur or a boss or a business owner, like it's just simply an integral part of you functioning as a human. Yes. And it's a buzzword. And when I say when I say buzzword, I don't mean it in a way to downplay or disrespect the word. But I think the cool thing about our generation is that we're actually waking up a little bit and we're open to trying new things that better help us understand ourselves, our minds, our bodies. And in general, we're a lot more open, open to improvement. Um, like, you know, comparing it to like our parents or our grandparents that are a bit more stuck in their ways. 
I feel mm-hmm. like we're lucky because we're that generation that gets to change it for our kids and like the generations to come. But the best description that I found that works for me for mindfulness was I think of it as the practice of paying attention in the present moment. Yeah. And I found that to be such a good, helpful definition because, well, there were a couple of reasons. One, I thought that meditation was the only way in the world that I could be mindful. Like yeah. if I wasn't meditating, I was not mindful. And the problem with that is that number two, I was anti-meditation. <laughs> oh, curious. Um, Tell me well, more about that. Because for the longest time, I felt that like you were saying, I was a failure at meditation because I thought if my brain was full and I couldn't shut it off, I wasn't doing it right. Therefore, I wasn't good at it. Therefore, I didn't do it because I would leave. And I'm like, well, I feel I'm infuriated. I'm not calm. Um, But as the thoughts and like my perspectives evolved, I realized that mindfulness, like meditation was a a piece of the puzzle. But mindfulness was I can walk across the street and watch the patterns in the water And I can close my eyes and take a deep breath. It was, I can choose to not push my body today because it's inside, it's asking me to stop. And I'm kind of curious to know like what your practice looks like and how it evolved for you. Yeah, that's a great question. And you're right. I I love all those approaches to mindfulness. I think that um, there's such a barrier to entering that life or entering that practice because we have such an all or nothing mentality. Mm-hmm. That if I can't do it perfectly, then I'm not gonna do it. Oh yeah. We, we offer a lot <laughs> of um, like free guide meditations, guide meditation series, challenges, like 30 day challenges, seven days. And I noticed that day three, four, five, when someone misses a day, they're like, I'm out. <laughs> I can't do this anymore because <laughs> I missed one day, therefore I'm the worst. And we, we're so hard on ourselves in that process um, of trying to pick up a new habit. So I, I can talk a bit more about that after, but that, that's a really good question of what my practice looks like, because I think a lot of people think that I have this perfect practice, but I don't because I'm, I'm a normal human being. Um, I definitely practice meditation. I wouldn't say I do it mm-hmm. every single day. I wouldn't say it's the same practice every day. You know, I'm really lucky that I, I we make meditation cushions. I have lots of meditation cushions in my apartment. I have malas. Um, so I have these beautiful tools around me to practice that inspires me to practice but some days it'll be a walking meditation. Some days it will be on my yoga mat. Some days it will be seated on the cushion with a mala bead. Some days, you know, it's all, it, com- it comes in different forms. Mm-hmm. And now I'm, I follow my intuition a bit more of what do I need today? Mm-hmm. But I would say the, the biggest practice outside of learning to sit with myself, uh, you know, there's moments where it's still really uncomfortable. It's nine years in. I still have days where I'm like, oh, I don't want me doing this. But I still do it because it's about working through the discomfort and you know, sticking to it and uh, committing to self and higher self that I'm going to show up. And some days there's these moments of weeping and beauty and love. And then there's some days where I'm like, oh man, I'm really hungry right now. <laughs> so that's, that's normal. Um, and I would say those days of distraction become fewer and far between, a bit more far between. But the practice that I really love, and I think it's a really accessible practice, is a gratitude practice in the mornings. Mm. And that, that is a practice of mindfulness uh, whether you want to call it, you know, meditation uh, through writing, but every morning I sit down and I write out for 10 minutes what I'm grateful for and 10 minutes of reflective journaling. And I was working with this business coach around how do Sorry, we level wait, up? Can we pause? Why is it so hard to write down what you're grateful for? Oh, you know what? Are That's you getting to that? I'm, I'm, I'm yes. so sorry. Yeah, no, I'll get there. Totally. Okay. No, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll just hop to the good stuff. I'll, I'll, I'll keep that part quick. I was asking him, how do we level up? How do we get to this next level in ourselves? And he was like, 10, 10, and 10. 10 minutes of gratitude, 10 minutes of reading or learning, and 10 minutes of reflection. I was like, oh, it's so easy. It's, that's not the secret. Mm-hmm. And I started doing it. And you're right. There's mornings where I'm so grumpy. And I'm like, Ugh, I'm, not, I'm not grateful for anything today. <laughs> and then yeah. the idea is start writing. Just start writing. So what I have found is I am grateful for this coffee cup. I am grateful for this table. I'm grateful for this chair. And I notice when I'm really in a grumpy mood, it starts the physical objects around me just so I can get pen to paper, just so I can get moving and flowing, just so I can start. And then it becomes less material and it becomes more about feelings and it becomes more about the things around you, the people around you and the emotions. Oh, I'm so grateful for this practice. I'm so grateful that I've committed to myself today. I'm so grateful that I feel a lightness as soon as I start, right? You know, whatever it is that comes up, it goes from a coffee cup to 
your health to your friends to your family and it's it's kind of like that loving kindness meta meditation where it goes out 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 um and I noticed that for me personally, my language shifts throughout the day. The way I speak with my team, the way I speak with baristas, the way I speak with strangers, with friends, with family, there's such a vocabulary of gratitude now. And it's mo being more mindful of how abundant we truly are in our lives. So I would say that that for me is, you know, it's easy to do. It's easy not to do. Uh, it's so it, easy it's, not to do. Yes, yes. Uh, there's a gratitude journal. Um there's a local company that sent me a, a gratitude journal cool. a yeah. month ago. Yeah. Ask me if I've opened it. <laughs> Have you opened it? No, I haven't opened it. It's okay. And it's not that I don't appreciate that it's sent to me. It's I, I find like I'm either spiritual gangster or I'm like, we're not doing anything today. Yeah. But the we're not doing anything days will last like a month. That's okay. And I have like major resistance to, it's funny because one, I work with an intuitive coach and it's weird how in the last year or so I realized how powerful I am and what capabilities yes. I have yeah. in which I can see, hear, feel things. Mm. And this excited, curious part of me is like, let's explore that. Let's make mm. myself super powerful. But yeah. then you have the other side of me that's like, ooh, no, I'll just stay here complacently and like complain about everything wrong going on in my life. Yeah, I get it. Why do we it. do that? <laughs> oh, I think a lot of us do it. And I think it's because it's comfortable. It's what we know. It's, it's so uncomfortable to level up. And I, I think that's such a powerful question. And I appreciate that vulnerability and honesty because I think most of us don't admit that to ourselves. We just, I just don't want to. I just want to be grateful today. I just don't want to do it. I, I would not say, grateful. yeah, I'm not grateful today. I want, to, I want to be grumpy today. I want yeah. to be ungrateful. I would say, you know, just to that, before we go into the other part is that again, that all or nothing approach, you don't have to write a full page, put three things in your phone. Like sometimes mm -hmm. when I'm really resisting it, it's because I don't want to commit the time mm -hmm. or it's because it's somebody else's standards. So I was in an accountability group and we were doing our, our 10, 10, 10, and I refused to do it at the same time as them just to rebel for no reason other than, you know, probably control issues. Uh, but I noticed just having a note in my phone, here's three things I'm grateful for. That's pretty quick. That's pretty easy. That doesn't require the time and the energy to where am I going to sit to do this? Do I have to get changed? Like all the decisions that have to come first. Yeah. So when I do my gratitude journaling, I was living in New York last year. I would wake up, grab my journal, put on my shoes, same coffee shop, exact same seat every single morning. So I just didn't have to think. Um, and then that habit starts to build. But the resistance of why, why do we resist that leveling up? Why do we resist our power? It's that, that Marianne Williamson quote, you know, we're not scared of uh, our darkness. We're most scared of our light. And I think that there is such discomfort with leveling up with, hey, I know my identity is this. And that's how my friends know me. That's how my family knows me. That's how my mm -hmm. community sees me. What if I shift? Are they still going to love me? Am I still going to love me? What's going to be my safety net? What's going to be my, um, you know, all of our creature comforts that we currently have? And I feel I I really relate to that share that you have. Yeah. I think it's so it's so real. It's so but real. Also it's relates to the stories we tell ourselves. If you're listening yes. to this and you you've probably heard me talk about it on quite a few other episodes, but Kelsey, um. I did her year, Kelsey Grant, I did her year of love program. She's also guested on a few podcasts. I was talking to her about something. I don't know. I was talking, I was complaining to her about something probably. Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, the story that you have about yourself, whether it's I'm not good enough or I, I'm too fat or I'm not pretty enough or whatever the story is that you have decided subconsciously through consistent verbal communication will come through in your actions because subconsciously you will seek out things that happen to justify that story. So you keep telling it to yourself. And I was like, damn, <laughs> it's just so wild. And I also just started reading, um, the four agreements. Yes. I hate it, but I love it. <laughs> I'm just like, I get it. I'm not impeccable with my fucking word. I get it. <laughs> but you know what's even more is impeccable? I'm, I'm taking um, three courses right now, a meditation teacher training on like the neurology of the brain, another one on Buddhist 
history and Buddhist so training cool. and then an intuition training. So we're, we're on the four agreements um, in the Buddhist training and being impeccable with word. I found it so curious how impeccable are we with the words to sell? And that's the thing for me. Yeah. Yes. We are so much more kind to our friends. Mm-hmm. We are so much more kind people that we love. Hey, you missed a day on the meditation. Don't worry. Just start tomorrow. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Whereas you turn to yourself, oh my gosh, you're, you're such a failure. You're such a this, you're such a that. And the way we talk to ourselves, you know, I did a, I did a guided meditation years ago in, uh, in Asia and I met my future self and I had this beautiful conversation with her. And then I met my younger self and I had a beautiful conversation with her, just little Ashley. I said, Ashley, you're so beautiful. You're so strong. You're so capable. You're going to do such amazing things. And this voice said, why don't you talk to yourself like that right now? I thought, whoa. Like it was, it was the most powerful, overwhelming moment of we just don't give our present day selves much mm-hmm. love. And we don't give our present day selves much credit. And I think that that term of self-love is so ambiguous. It's so mm-hmm. intangible. I it actually has so many it. versions. It's it's so <laughs> overused, you know, when you're talking about buzzwords. Yeah. Um I do think it's curious, like, but what does it really mean? What does it mm-hmm. really mean? You know, when we start this mindfulness, meditation, whatever, spiritual journey, our ascension, whatever language you want to use, some of these words are so intangible. And because they're so big, they're quite intimidating and quite overwhelming. Um, it's like there's a subconscious expectation placed on people where it's like you got, like you were saying about your routine being so simple. It's like, you got to do these a million things. I have to buy this gratitude journal. I have to do, no, it's like, no. I I realized it the other night where I was in bed with my dog and I was petting him and I gave him a hug and I was like, oh my God, I am so grateful for you. And then I ended up listing five other things that I was grateful for. And I was like, okay, so I didn't write in my fucking book, Yes. but I felt warm and good. And my coaches always, I don't know if it's because I'm like, I'm a high, I think I'm a high achiever and I have to, I feel like I have to do mm. all these things to, in order for me to be successful. I overcomplicate things, basically mm-hmm, what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, my coach is like, you think you have to do a million things to get to do what you want. But if I tell you that you need to do these 20 things, you're going to be like, okay, let's make a calendar. Let's make a to-do list. I'm going to like, I'm in my masculine, right? So I'm going to like boss myself around a little bit to make this business plan. Mm. <laughs> but then I know you're not going to do it. Mm. So it's like, how can we have these baby steps, these micro choices that really Mm. simplify it? And for me, that was, can you wake up for four days and not look at your phone and just go sit on the couch for 10 minutes? Mm. Yeah. But my body wouldn't do that because my self-sabotage was like, no, no, we're going to sleep with your phone. You're going to look up, wake up. You're going to look at it. No one's talking to you because it's 5 a.m., but it's okay. Look at it anyway. And start your day full of anxiety. Yes. And like ourself, I find like for me anyways, my self-sabotager just will come out in ways that seem like so small in the moment, moment, but never gets me closer to my goal. Like that's complacency Mm -hmm. for me. I think there's a beautiful book called The War of Art um, by Stephen Pressfield. And he talks about all the ways in which resistance manifests in our life. It's my favorite Mm. book. I read it every few months. It's it's a really short book. You can read it in a few hours. Um, But talks about the ways in which resistance manifests. And I'm I'm actually writing a book right now around that I'm enough mantra and the, the positive affirmations. And how do we get ourselves out of that spiral loop? You know, we start thinking like, oh my God, I'm so bad at this. Oh, why can't I, you know, get up and go to the couch without picking up my phone? And we start spiral and judge, spiral and judge. Or I'm not beautiful enough. I'm not thin enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not this enough. And, and that these I am not enoughs continue our whole life, but they just take different forms. Like I'm not a good enough, you know, um, whatever position you're in at work. And then maybe I'm not a good enough partner. I'm not a good enough parent. I'm not a good enough grandparent. Like we're going to keep that thought pattern our whole life. Um, so we, how do we get these pattern interrupters that stop us? From, from going down that spiral. And the quicker that we stop, the quicker we can go back into that positive habit and give ourselves a break and give ourselves a little bit of love and kindness of, hey, you know what? I'm a human. It's okay. Pick my phone up today. And I, I don't mean that as a lack of accountability to just be like, just be kind to yourself. Just be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself. But really, if you're going to judge yourself even more, like you're going to give up on the practice because yeah. the, the judgment is so debilitating. Um, we, we really spiral down into self-judgment pretty quick, uh, when it comes to those things. And sometimes I think because everyone has their own opinion and definition of what 
it should look like we're harder on ourselves and going back to like the four agreements and self-love nothing it's like I know what I'm doing is wrong I don't need people to tell me what I'm doing is like you know you know you're not happy you know when you're being complacent you know that you're making decisions that aren't going to get you to your end goal but unfortunately and I'll just keep using myself as an example my self-sabotage is very strong it overpowers what I actually want most of the time but now I can acknowledge and I can work on that um and so for years like hearing these buzzwords of self-love and do this and do that and do this like that. Okay, great. It's knowledge, but I can't apply it. And I feel like a lot of us are people that can, we just consume, consume, consume knowledge. We're always learning, but we're not necessarily applying it to our lives and fully like executing and experiencing it. But sometimes I think it just takes hearing that the way it said, or a specific way that lands with you. And that was, being impeccable with your word for me because I was just like damn I'll catch myself doing things and I'll go to do it and in my head I was like you're not being impeccable with your word and I'm like oh okay yes and I can back off and it's not perfect but if I'm doing that 60% of the time today whereas yesterday I was doing it 10 I will start to build that muscle it's like going to the gym and getting stronger I think like two words that might be helpful for people is, and helpful for myself is vulnerability to be okay with fucking up, but also like be compassionate that you don't need to like, you have accountability, but it doesn't destroy you. Yeah. You know, it doesn't derail you because that's a big challenge for me. It's like that all or nothing mentality. And I love what you said about finding the thing that fits for you. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I really love learning about mindfulness, about meditation, about different practices. And I spend a lot of time across the U.S., across Asia and across Canada. And I always take as many trainings and, you know, work with coaches and go to retreats as much as possible out of, out of a curiosity of how do other people phrase it? What are the other approaches? Hmm. How do we make this as accessible as possible? Because I don't believe there is a one size fits all. There's only one way to meditate. There's only one way to practice. There's only one way to speak to yourself. There's only one version of self-care. So I'm, I'm so curious about how do different cultures, traditions, you know, regions of the world approach this. Mm-hmm. And the point with, with Mala Collective is how can we provide different tools and practices? And you can choose the one that works for you. We're not going to be here to tell you this is the right one. This is the wrong one. I don't think there is a right, right, right one and a wrong one because maybe one word doesn't resonate with you. Maybe your legs get, you know, sore sitting a certain way. Maybe, you know, there's so many different mm-hmm. approaches and I love that you did the exploration to find what phrase lands with you. Mm-hmm. Maybe a certain word triggers you and maybe a word really resonates. So I think, yeah. you know, for anybody listening, it's, it's okay to not have one version sit with you, but find yours. Don't, maybe yeah. don't use that as the excuse to avoid, well, I'm not going to do self-love because that doesn't work with me. Well, that, that makes sense. And it's not cookie cutter. The process yeah, is not there's cookie so cutter. Many, there's so many ways to approach it. There's so many yeah. angles. Um, and I think as it can be exhausting to try and find the one that lands for mm-hmm. us, but finding it, it's a pretty cool click. It, it, feels yeah. it feels beautiful. My aha moment was the real, that the first time I realized, holy shit, I'm doing it. I remember it. The bell was like, ding. And I was like, <gasps> yes, I got out. I was like, yes. the teacher walked in. I'm like, where was I? How long was that? She's like 20 yes. minutes. So I did my transcendental meditation course. Oh, great. Cool. Yeah. I did that. Um, uh, I don't know, four years ago, three years okay. ago. Yeah. And at the time I was, um, one of my other friends, he was just so Zen and yeah. I would admire it because I was such, I'm like a hot headed antsy, like, <laughs> like, you know, I was just always like on edge. I felt like I, I have very bad anxiety that I have, I try and manage. And I would always sit and look at him and be like, do you not care what's going on around you? Or like, are you numb? Or like, are you processing? And he was just like, no, I'm just, I'm just, I just am. And I was like, wow. And I asked him what he did. And he was like, I practice transcendental meditation. And at the time that was 
I want to go back to buzzword because I feel like I first heard about it when I was in Asia, like maybe 2013, but all the celebrities were talking about it and it was like really cool and popular at one point. And then I remember looking up the prices of it and I was like, what? Yes. Yeah. Being so put off by it. So I'm like, I'm not doing it. So when I spoke to him, he's like, I do transcendental meditation. Um, My ex, like she's a teacher her parents were teachers. So when I dated her, yeah. like I, you know, like I just, that was a bit in now it's a huge part of his life. And yeah. he also suffers from really high anxiety. Mm-hmm. And um, he introduced me to his ex and I ended up taking the course and spent the weekend there. And I do not know how to, so basically for your, if you're listening, TM or Transcendental Meditation, you go to a course at a center, they're located all over the world. And I'm pretty sure don't yell at me if I'm wrong. Um, the pricing is different all around the world because I mm. I thought I was told that it was like based off of whatever a two week salary would kind of be in that city. So it's like more popular for people to do it in like Bali or like smaller cities mm. around the world. And you you go to you you go do this course for a weekend and you have this like interviewer session one on one with the teacher and then you are assigned a mantra. And the mantra is personal to you. You're asked not to share your mantra with anyone else. And your mantra is not a word. It's not meant to possess any meaning. And let's say my mantra was like apple. I would sit there with my eyes closed and she's like, okay, say it out loud. Apple. Okay. Apple, apple. And she's like softer, 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 say it in your head. And she's like, you think about pizza. That's cool. You start thinking about something. No problem. Apple, bring it back in. And you, Basically, it's like you're hypnotizing yourself with this mantra. And I do not know where the hell I go in these meditations, but I'm not on earth. Yeah. (laughs) I have stopped breathing. I go like, I slow down so much that I will wake myself up like gasping for air. I have like physical releases where like my arm will flare or like my eyeball will start watering or this one time where I was on this like crazy, like meditation bender, where I was so consistent 20 minutes a day, meditation bender. I've never heard that. And I absolutely love that. (laughs) Well, because I told you I'm either spiritual gangster. I don't do anything. So they're more like, oh my gosh, meditation bender. (laughs) They're more like meditation benders for me. How hilarious. And I remember on day seven, I'm sitting there and this is about a year or so ago where I realized I'm like, I think I can like hear slash see slash feel things Mm. and I was deep in it and I just felt something pressing on my third eye and it was like tap 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 like right in between my eyebrows and then there was like this explosion of light and my right eye started watering and then I got too excited and it stopped and I was like damn it I felt like I was so close to seeing something um Mm -hmm. I don't even know why I started telling you the story, what the purpose of it was, but. <laughs> no, I love her. talking about different forms of meditation. And yeah, I. It's great. I just, oh yeah. The point is, is that it's not, your, your routine is not cookie cutter. It's literally mm. like going to the gym. It's like going to your dermatologist because you have acne. Like I'm struggling with acne. My treatment plan is not the same as the other person yeah. that's going in. And my fitness journey is not the same as someone else. And just because someone tells you, you have to do all these things in order to be successful. That's yeah. not always the case. Yeah. I think that the best way for someone who's looking to explore this more, develop a routine for themselves is to be curious and actually figure out like that felt good to me. This didn't feel good to me. So let's do more of the things that feel good. And let's just not bother with the things that are like, it feels like work. I think that's the resistance is when it starts to feel like a little too much work. I, I hear that. And I think that that's, I think that's true. And I think that oftentimes when it's Meditation is not meant to be comfortable every day and our practice isn't meant to be comfortable every day. I think that there's, you know, when I'm teaching meditation and talking to people about it, it's like, hold the mala, whatever way you feel comfortable, sit the way that you feel comfortable, like do it in the way that's most comfortable because you're more likely to return. But that doesn't mean that if there's a moment of discomfort, that that's your out. And usually when something gets uncomfortable or we don't want to commit to it, we just, we give up really quickly. Um, And I, I think that pushing through that discomfort 
is when we start to see the results. Cause I, I always get asked, when do you start? When do you start getting this, that, the other thing from meditation? It's like <laughs> when you get past that hump of resistance and you get past that, you know, that little first layer and then the next layer and then the next layer. Um, it's not always comfortable, but you know, it, it turns into something that you get pulled towards, not something that you want to run away from. Kind of like a it workout a when you like don't want to yeah. go to the gym, but then you left and you're like, oh, I'm happy I did that. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That's a really great analogy for it. I think that's really beautiful. Yeah. yeah. That's accurate. Um, okay. I want to transition into one more topic before we yeah. get going, but before we do that, let's break it down. Three easy ways for people listening mm. that they can start incorporating more mindfulness into their day. Love it. Yes. Great question. Okay. Um, one, I would say tie it to something you already do in the day, tie mm-hmm. it to a routine that you've already built with a lot of strength. So wake up, brush your teeth, meditate. Maybe you put the coffee pot on or the tea kettle on, like something that will trigger, you know, something that you're doing every morning or every evening, mm-hmm. tie it to that. So that they become associated. Uh, cause building a new habit can be a bit difficult and make a lot of excuses. Oh, we can't do it. Um, second, I would say start really small, you know, much like we were talking about earlier with the gratitude journaling, maybe you don't write an entire page, write three points. Maybe you don't want to do eight minutes because you, for some reason, feel like you don't have eight minutes. Do 90 seconds, do, you know, 60 seconds, do two minutes, start really small and work your way up. Um, and I think the third one, you know, it's kind of been the theme of what we've been talking about. Be kind to yourself. If you miss a day, if you miss something, that's fine. Go, go and do it later. No one's, no one's watching you. You're not competing against anybody else. There's no should or need in this experience. Yeah, if your you Instagram it, followers aren't going to be like, yes. oh, you, you missed post- a day. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know about you. She didn't yeah. post her stories about meditating. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh yeah. She's a human being that happens. So don't go down the spiral of I'm the worst. I'm not, I'm not worthy. I am not this. I am not that. Like, Hey, I needed a break today. That's cool. All right. Pick Love it up that. again the next day. Yeah. Love that. Okay, perfect. Because let's talk about I'm not worthy. Before we started recording, Mm. I was telling Ashley, we were chatting about imposter syndrome. Mm. And (laughs) I was actually saying that I started this podcast two years ago, as you guys probably noticed, you're like, why is episode one recorded in 2019? And then nothing happened. It's Mm. because nothing happened because I recorded episode one had serious imposter syndrome of like, Mm. I don't have anything important to say. No one's going to listen to me. Uh, is it going to be embarrassing if I put out episodes and three people listen? And I realize now, and I've realized for a really long time, imposter syndrome is so, so real in my life mm. of it coming up it, a lot for me is worthiness, worthiness mm. and not being good enough. And mm. I know for a fact, I'm not the only one <laughs> in this world or the only one listening who experiences that. And I'm sure you as an entrepreneur and someone who started her own business has probably mm. experienced that as well. So let's dive into imposter syndrome. Ooh, it's a great topic. And it's I appreciate your one. share on that. Cause <laughs> I think it's, I think it's really real. And I, I find, you know, when you have those interactions in the street, Hey, how are you? How's everything going? Everything's great. Like, oh my God, everything's great. That means I'm really screwing everything up and everything's going great <laughs> for you. And then it's just the common yeah, everything's great for me as well. Like, you know, not leading with vulnerability. And that's not, you know, the opposite of everything's falling apart and weeping when you run into somebody on the street. There's a time and a place. Um, But I I feel, you know, imposter syndrome has been like the biggest block, I think, in in running a business. And Mm -hmm. uh, even more mortifying because I'm over here talking about mindfulness and self-love and self-care, et cetera, et cetera. How dare I have imposter syndrome? How dare I not even oh, believe you in myself? Oh, you're the ultimate. Enough? You can't. It's not allowed. There's no room yes. for that. <laughs> yes. And then I'm realizing that's just my own expectations of self. Nobody else is expecting me to, to not, um, you know, be a human being. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I started the business, you know, having shared I was a journalist before, I didn't go to business school. I didn't know anybody that was an entrepreneur. I had nobody to call. I had nobody to talk to. I felt the things that I was screwing up in business, I was the first person on planet earth to screw it up that bad, which is, that's some incredible ego. <laughs> I think yeah. I can screw things up that royally. But I did, I felt that and I felt so much fear and so much embarrassment 
from, from who? I don't know. I just felt it from everybody. I felt that everybody knew that I didn't know what I was doing. Everybody knew that I had this huge self-doubt uh, that I was carrying mm-hmm. around. And that was, that was years. So it's nine years. And now I would say that for the first five years, that was like the heaviest weight, maybe even six years. Um, I would say meditation helped. Mindfulness, like gratitude practices helped. But I remember specifically in one meditation, I was meditating on it. And this voice was like, just get over yourself. You're, you're playing so small and it's, it's kind of exhausting. Like just get over it because you're robbing so many people of a really beautiful experience by staying in fear because you're comfortable mm. in fear. So yeah, you might fall on your face and you might do this, but this is kind of boring now. And it's, it's, it's embarrassing to my higher self that I'm just going to hang out in this pity party. So get over yourself and give people um, a beautiful opportunity to connect to themselves and I don't mean that in the sense of ego of I'm the only one that can provide this connection mm-hmm. um, because you know if they were looking for it and model collective wasn't what they found they're going to still find something else mm-hmm. but how beautiful would it be if I could you know pull myself up by the bootstraps and show up for people that were seeking something and so that making it not about me and not about my the perception of self not about ego but making it about what is my purpose what am I here to do what is what is this? This is so much bigger than me. Mm-hmm. And I'm holding it back so much by making it about me, by making it about perception of me. And are people going to think I've done this enough or on Instagram? I remember being on a business panel that I didn't think I should have been on. And everybody <laughs> gave this wise answer. And they said, what's, you know, what's your advice about business? I'm like, don't go on Instagram. Don't compare yourself on Instagram because it is the thief of all joy is comparison. And we get down mm-hmm. these spiraling holes of, oh my God, we all know it's a highlight reel and yet we still compare. And maybe I'm comparing my first year to someone's 20th year, full well knowing, well, they've got 20 years on me and I'm still going to compare. So all of these things, I I think it's such a real experience and it's such a human experience and and we don't talk about it vulnerably enough and openly enough. So I I really, I'm a big fan talking about failure. I was just going to talk about about failure because we, failure is like such a bad word. It's like the F word. They're like, Ooh, you the fear of failure is real. It's debilitating. But if you are listening, especially if you are listening and you are like, you're an entrepreneur or you're thinking of starting a business, get comfortable and okay with the idea of failure because it's Mm going to happen. And it needs to happen because that's how you pivot. That's how you evolve. That's how you adjust. Mm -hmm. That's how you like learn like, oh shit, that didn't work. Let's find another way to do it. Yes. And and finding people to talk to Mm -hmm. about it and normalizing that experience and normalizing that fear. Because I noticed when I isolated myself and thought, you know, asking for help is weak. And if I talk about it, it's weak. Um, The more I spoke about it, the more I realized, oh, everybody around me has screwed up just as much as I have or you know, why, why do I need to now, now I coach entrepreneurs. Like I'm here to also share, share my failures so that you don't have to do what yeah. I did because not everybody needs to go and do the exact same failures over and over again. Right. Yeah. I was just going to say, you're definitely yeah. not the first person who's failed yes. at starting a business. Yes. You're not going to yes. be like, Ooh, that person sucks. <laughs> yes. Yes. And also and, half the time yes. people don't fucking realize, like, like there are so many yeah. things that were like internally felt like the world was ending for me. Yeah. And then I would like talk to someone about it. They're like, oh, I didn't notice. And you're like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. But it yeah, also goes yeah. back to that pressure of feeling like, well, my whole business, not my whole business, but majority of my business is online. Yes. So everyone must be watching me like a hawk. Yes. Not, yes. not really true. No. <laughs> <laughs> no one People cares. are busy thinking about themselves <laughs> in that same moment that you're thinking about how people are judging you. So I think that that's, People don't care. People don't care. They no. they care how it how does it affect them? How does it bring them joy? How does it bring them, you know, their own evolution? And I think operating from that place of this is bigger than me. I'm humbled. I can't wait to learn more. And mm-hmm. you know, it's been a shift. And I'm not saying I'm in that, you know, place of light every day. There's still moments where I go into that darkness and I go into that judgment. But again, you know, these tools and practices have they've helped me pull out faster. Like, oh, okay. I need to interrupt that pattern. So go for a walk, go do some breath work for a second, get up and just change seats. Cause I'm really stewing in this seat here and I need to just get up and change mm-hmm. perspective. And it's just little, little things to get you out of that spiral. Yeah. Um, and, I, and it yeah. doesn't go away. Yeah. I don't think it ever, for me at least doesn't go away. It's how I notice it in management. 
manage it. Yeah. I had it last night. I got an email yeah. request come in at 1058 about yeah. someone wanting this massive project done. So if you guys are listening to this and you don't actually know what I do, this is like a soft, uh, a sore subject for me. Cause I'm like, when people think that I'm an Instagrammer, I lose my mind. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not an Instagrammer. I have a full service creative agency. Like yeah, I, I have a, I don't want to say a real job, but like, I think a lot of people just don't know what I do. Um, yeah. But so this pitch comes in or this inquiry comes in of this full, like I'm launching this company. I need help with this brand and this website. Da, 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 da. And I sit there and I'm like, can't do it. Yeah. No, just tell her that you're busy. Tell her that you don't have the capacity to do it. And I'm like, yes what is wrong with you? You literally have been doing all those things. Your whole point of agency-ish is you've built a collector of incredible freelancers who you bring on to help you with these projects. Yeah. Why is it that A, my imposter syndrome comes out so strong, but also it like plays the biggest role of, do you not want all the things you say you want? Mm. That's a curious moment because we you say you want abundance. for things. Yeah, you say you want money. Like, <gasps> you say yeah. you want freedom. You say you want yeah. success. And like, here it is. Yeah. You know, I'm doing abundance meditations in the morning. Yes. I did, And then bam, here the things yeah. start coming. And I'm like, oh, just kidding. I don't want it. Like yes. why? Again, self-sabotage. Mine is a queen. Yes. She is so strong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm getting the sense that you're pretty strong too. And I think recognizing it is so powerful. And um, I think that you're, you're very correct. It doesn't ever go away. But can we shorten that cycle? Can we manage that language with a little bit more compassion? Like, you know, when our mind wanders, I, I would say for me, my goal in meditation is not to sit down for 10 minutes and have zero thoughts. I wouldn't call that a realistic, I find that really intimidating way to approach meditation. Mm -hmm. So let's say I have, you know, 50 thoughts in 10 minutes. Um, What I do when I catch that thought out there is what's important. Am I going to judge myself? Oh my God, you're the worst meditator. You're a failure, this, you're that. Or do I come back to my focus? Like you mentioned the mantra earlier. Mm -hmm. And it's no different than we're going to the self-sabotage. It's like when we catch ourselves, when our mind is wandered meditation, our choices, are we going to be kind to self? We're going to get judged going to be kind to self we're going to judge and the more that we judge the longer that thought process lasts I'm like oh yeah mind wandered oh yeah hey sabotage you're cool thanks for coming by I appreciate you and I'm stepping in, into a new version of myself now and I and I appreciate that that fear is there to protect me because he's been there protecting me for so many years mm-hmm. I'm so grateful however you want to talk to him you can also tell it to screw off whatever <laughs> you can <laughs> whatever, whatever language you want to use but um yesterday in my yeah. session with my coach she was like uh are you home alone? I'm like, well, I live by myself. She's like, if you screamed, will people hear you? I'm like, well, uh, kind of. I live in a wood frame building in kits. She's like, yeah. okay, uh, so just take the pillow up to your mouth because I was sitting <laughs> on the couch. We were doing a Zoom call. And she's like, I want you to scream fuck as loud as you can into that pillow. And I was like, I cannot and will not do this. <laughs> Who is this coach? She sounds oh, fantastic. She is the best. She's on episode two of the podcast, Christine Bano. She okay. is uh unbelievable but yesterday I screamed fuck into a pillow about four times at the top of my lungs and I'm convinced that everyone in the building still heard me and now thinks that I'm a psychopath yeah. <laughs> you know what it's what it is they're like oh we won't go we won't they'll go give knocking. you space on the elevator and the stairs oh yeah up. they're like we're not gonna go uh, knocking on her door asking for anything and yeah. I, I had actually a girl say to me once like it's really exhausting to think I'm not good enough oh my god how, which I get it it is and she's like so how do I just solve it forever because this, it's work sounds like a lot of work to keep trying to fix it. I'm like, oh no, it's, it's a forever process. There's not a, I'm going to use the I'm enough mantra once and now it's solved. It is, how do I practice little micro steps throughout the day, every mm-hmm. single day to just be a little bit more kind, a bit more loving. She's like, yeah, that just sounds like a lot of work. I'm like that's, that's our lives though. How beautiful that we get to grow. And that if we're not growing, we're not having new, oh, this might be a bit of a reach, but all phrases, if we're not growing, we're not having new limiting beliefs because usually those limiting beliefs come up when we're scared. So if we're pushing, okay, pushing, love, pushing. I yes. love that you're saying that because <laughs> spiritual bypassing, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm just like, if you've done the work, you don't say you've done the work. Does the work yes. ever end? No, like I've been, so. I've been doing the work I'm like putting my hands up, making quotes. (laughs) I've been doing the work 
for, I don't know, three years now. And I feel like I'm on like page three. And when I get to page three, I'm like, I'll close the book. Maybe I'll start on page one in a month. But there's this whole, like, there's something about spiritual bypassing that kind of like triggers me where it's like, I've done the work. I don't have to have this conversation. I'm like, no, but the conversation never ends. Mm, (laughs) Like the things don't ever stop. There's always new things in front of you that you now have, you've built your your toolbox, you have your skill set and you choose, okay, well, am I going to manage this with the tools that I've learned in doing the work? Or am Mm. I just going to say, I'm choosing not to do it because I've already done that? Yeah. I think that that's, um, it's so funny being in this world for nine years. I only heard about spiritual bypassing in this past year. So I'm, I'm finding it a really curious phrase. And I, I kind of, I've almost reformed it in like spiritual gaslighting in a way, because I yeah. think we kind of gaslight ourselves and gaslight people around us. Yeah. And I think that anyone who is doing the work knows that it's not done. But I think that there's a difference between, I've taken a couple, well, I don't even want to say that way, because I don't mean to, to, to demean anybody who's done this, but, you know, I've taken a couple courses, read a couple books, and now I understand the language. Yeah. So there's a very big difference of, I understand the language, and then there's a difference of, I live and breathe the practices. And it takes time to integrate. It takes time to do both. And oftentimes, learning the language and learning the words, it can come off as weaponized uh, when it's not, like, lived. Oh, I love that. And I don't think we intentionally mean it. I think we're craving. We're craving those words that we're learning. We're craving this connection to self, whether we want to call it higher self, you know, our, you know, version of God or spirit or cosmos, whatever the universe, we're all craving it on a deep level. And I think sometimes we feel a bit closer to it using the words around it. Um, but the integration takes time and the integration takes practice. And I, I, my, I, my belief is that it takes constant practice I don't think there is a finish line that we cross. There's no medal of, hey, you're enlightened now. You've got this. <laughs> uh, and I think the more that we learn, you know, what is that cliche? Like the more we know, the real, more we realize we don't know. I probably just butchered that so badly. But, you know, I, again, like nine years into Mala now, this summer, I feel like I just clicked into meditation. And I was so embarrassed. I'm like, I should be a person that has been living and breathing this for almost a decade. And I, I hit a new level of realization this year. I was like, well, that's neat cool. That means there's more, there's more and more and more coming. Um, so it's not, not, um, an end game in my opinion. No, I actually find the more I do again, like the quotes, the work, Mm. I'm just like, damn, I have so much more work to do. (laughs) It's like you realized even more and you're like, Oh, like when I, Kelsey's program is called a year of love. It was literally 12 months, 52 Mm. weeks, 52 modules, 52 assignments 52 coaching calls like that's a lot of shit it's a lot and every time every week I just be like damn I didn't even realize I did all those things it's just like more things that it goes back to that that thing we were talking about before where I feel like we're consuming a lot but we don't necessarily always give ourselves the time to apply to like integrate it into our lives like we're always buying the next course, the next podcast, the next book, the next this, but it's like, have you done stuff from chapter one yet? And do you feel good about it? Is it consistent in your life? Because sometimes it's that simplicity of routine where it's like, I am no expert (laughs) in a lot of things. And I'm further and further away from being that expert because I choose to consume all this shit, but then just be like, man, I don't even feel like doing it. Yeah. The integration is exhausting. I think that's what a lot of people skip over. It's really, I get very, very, very introverted uh, once I go through a course, once I go through a retreat. And it's all of that learning, downloading into my body, into my mind, into my spirit. And I think one thing that's coming up that's important, that I feel is important to share is, you know, when we do the work, that doesn't give us a permission slip to say that others haven't done the work. Oh my and, God, yes, say and it again. I've, yes, okay. <laughs> I'm just going to edit so that wonderful. and just like rewind it and like put it on repeat a couple of times. Like, put listen a little to that. behind it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm working with a coach on it because I'm, you know, as we grow and as we go through our own leveling up, um, I can speak from my personal experience. I'm starting to notice people that I love around me, I'm like, oh, I really want them to learn this tool that I just learned. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, it's not really your place. And I, I'm a big fan of not giving advice. And I don't like Oh my God, advice. unsolicited advice. So, unsolicited <laughs> advice. So, so who are we to go, oh, you haven't done the work. Well, that's yeah. showing that you've not done the work if you're going to go around and tell people they've not done the work because that's 
that's a place that's a place of judgment, even if it's coming from a place mm-hmm. of love, even if it's coming from a place of, I want you to be better. And I had one therapist say to me, you know, when I was in a partnership, I just said, I just want him to be the best version of himself. And just like, who are you to determine what his best version of self is? Mm. This might be his best version of himself that he's ever been. But when you hold somebody to your standard, that's a really unfair standard to hold them to. We're mm. all operating in our own place or we're all operating our own standards. So when we're doing that work, just remembering, hey, maybe six months ago, a year ago, two years ago, how would you have felt if someone's like, oh, you haven't done the work? Yeah. That feels like an attack and a judgment, not like love. Uh, just with compassion, like, hey, they're they're in their own journey right now. They're not there. And it's not a thing to verbalize because that becomes, that's that weaponizing of language. And I, I find it really tricky. It's really harsh also. Like I was, um, I kind of had a bit of a, explosion's a very aggressive word, but in the time I felt like it was such an aggressive, abrupt situation where I had a, a friend um, we weren't like the closest of friends, but we were, we were friends for a couple of years and there were things that I was doing that I had no idea that I was doing that were upsetting mm. her. Mm. So it's that what you don't know, you don't know, but they weren't mm. things of malice. It was more like I was going on these trips and she was upset that she was never invited or mm. I was, you know, there were just things that she kind of wanted more from me, but never had the capacity or the voice to actually say, hey, I want more of that in my life. Like, can I be included? So for, mm. it was probably for about a year, she's put these expectations on, on me that were not communicated mm. and I'm failing, but I don't know that I'm failing. So I keep seeing mm. her and then this, this stuff's boiling. And then all of a sudden there's this massive explosion, how I am the nastiest person on earth and the shittiest friend and all of this stuff. And I was like, whoa, 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 back it up. Yeah. Let me show up to apologize because I've obviously done something to hurt you. Not my intention. Had I had known, had you had given me the opportunity to change, I could have apologized and oh, had a well change said. of Yeah. Like request a change of behavior. No one has Mm. to change for that person. And this Mm. is like when, when I'm telling you guys this story, I need you also to know I am a hothead. I am, I can be harsh with my words. I can be short, sassy, snappy. I'm very fiery. And it's something that I've had to be more mindful of over the past few years, because I'm someone who can very easily use words as weapons. And I can be very sharp with my words. And I had a, an, I learned from a few falling outs with good friends that someone said to me, no one has to change for you, just so you know, Mm. but you're allowed to ask for a change of behavior that supports your needs and boundaries. But if that person, they don't owe you anything, they don't have Mm. to meet them. So if that's the case, it's just a clear path of separation. That's all it means. You guys are just no longer in alignment. And I learned so much from that. And I loved that. Mm. But with this other situation, I um, just said, you know, had you had requested a change of behavior, you would have given me the chance to show up for you and you didn't. And I got met with the, I don't have to do that. I've done the work. You haven't done this. I have done this. And I was just like, ooh, I think that was the one situation in my life where I realized that doesn't feel good. And doing the work you don't say you've done the work you know what I mean Mm. yeah I think that's a curious that's a thank you for that share that's I think that's so relatable I've gone through that experience as well and I think it's it's so hard to hold people to silent expectations and just as you were sharing that I was just reflecting like oh god is there there places in my life I'm doing that probably that and that's the importance of the share is that the distraught yeah. I felt from that, that A, I had hurt someone so bad without knowing mm, that yes. I thought was my friend. And B, the words that were said to me as fighting words, I said, holy mm. shit. Because at the time I was going through a lot. I'm super introverted with social anxiety. Mm. I, you know, she's like, you haven't checked in on me. You haven't done this. You haven't done this. And I'm thinking, holy fuck, do all my friends think this mm. of me? have I not shown up for anyone? Am I the worst person in the world? Like I was just, and it made me start to say, okay, well, you're obviously upset. How can you start checking with people? How can you alter your behavior? How can you make Mm -hmm. those tweaks? But also how can I make sure that I don't do that to anyone else by setting uncommunicated expectations? Yeah. Dang. That's a good share. 
I don't even know how we got here. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm grateful you went there. I think that's really timely for me as well. And really, um, I think it's timely for anybody doing a leveling up in their life too, because it can make people really uncomfortable around us. Um, and I think, yeah, I'm working with a coach as well, as well around leveling up. And she's like, part of that process is shedding and shedding people and shedding thoughts and shedding mm-hmm. a lot of things that we've used as a comfort blanket that have brought us so much love and joy and, um, wow, those silent expectations and pain. Like I know as you share now, you probably realize like, oh, wow, that she's in a lot of pain sharing those things. And Oh yeah. Like I um, hurt her. She yes, was upset. Yes. Yeah. 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 But wow, then I also think of like, I learned that in the year of love where I'm like, look at all these mm. fucking silent expectations I had from, I was just yes. felt like with my ex, I was mad at him all the time. I'm like yeah. waiting for him to do something. So I own, oh, you don't know why I'm mad. Like I'm communicate, communicate. It's this weird thing. <laughs> Like we all know how to do, but then when it's really important, we shut down. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's so, but it's, it goes back to, you don't know what you don't know. So a lot of the times we're we're doing these things and we actually don't know the impact that it has on people on both sides, but you're not, you, you never do until you're either, you get help with navigating those situations and actually want to get curious of how you can like better the relationships in your lives. I don't think I ever would have got to the slightest improvement that I'm at now, because mm. I'm far from perfect, had I had not acknowledged that, wow, you are angry all the time. Mm. People, I have this story of people, if I need to do something right, I need to do it myself. If I, it's mm. like all these things where I do not give people, I did not give people the chance to show up for me in ways mm. that I needed them to, because I constantly mm. was like, okay, well, if this person wants to do this for me, I'll just, okay, do it. And I'll just see what happens. Yeah. Instead of being like, Hey, this is what I need. I'm hoping someone can do it like this. Is that an alignment for you? Yes or no. Like giving people. Receiving is hard. Really hard. Space to trust and let people show up for you is so hard. Yeah. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. and realizing and accepting that it's not going to go perfectly every time because I've done it a few times and then I'd be like, see, told you, you need to. I want to validate like, my point that people yeah. are not trustworthy. And I'm yes, just like, no, you. no. So yes. the work is never ending. Yes. Yes. Well said. I agree. Oh my gosh, Ashley, we went through a lot of things today. Yeah. I'm so grateful. <laughs> that was so nice. I feel like, um, yeah, there's some really beautiful things I want to reflect on that you brought up. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, likewise. And um, tell us a little bit more about before you go, what you're doing with Mala, ways we can support and connect with you and uh, any other quick share that you want to give us. Mm, Thank you. Uh, Well, we are, you know, everyone's in their homes for, we're not not sure how long, you know, it's a weird time. So right now we're focusing on how can we help people to reground, to find calm, to reduce Mm. anxiety. And we have a lot of you know, guided meditations, a lot of cushions and crystals, you know, it's, it's really, we want to show up and educate and support. You really don't need any of the products we sell to meditate. I want to be really clear on that. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, how can we support you? And if there's things that that we have that you want, cool, we've got that too. But I'm really, um, we're all very aware as a team of how can we show up for our community right now? Uh, knowing that we're in this place where we're really, really internalizing a lot. And our home is our office, our kitchen our um you know where we sleep where we have our kids where we have you know everything our home is everything right now so mine's my um, bathtub yes sure <laughs> everything it's so how do we have those spaces within our home to create space for self um so please send us a message you know we're a small team and we, we really love hearing from people and personally um you know we love getting questions around how do I set an intention how do I choose a mantra how do I start mm-hmm. doing this uh, and, and I'm personally, I'm, I'm writing a book, but that's not going to come out till next year and starting to do, uh, take on some more people with business coaching and more, more Amazing. kind of, you know, the conversation about coaching around, you know, business, self-doubt, mindfulness, it all, it all intertwines. Um, but that's even like uncomfortable for me to say, cause it's, it is my own leveling up too, where I'm stepping into this different version of self and realizing, oh yeah, I learned a couple of things I would love to share with people so they don't feel so alone and normalizing that journey and those fears and. Go so 
Amazing. And do you have, have you uh, built a separate website for your other services? No. Oh, well, perfect. You're just going to have to hire me now. This is your redemption. <laughs> redemption time. Yeah. So it's, it is a vulnerable adventure and I'm excited. And it's also, you know, a version of me living what I'm teaching because, you know, I've been, I want to say so comfortable. Entrepreneurship is such an up and down journey and mm-hmm. such an experience, so humbling. But this is, this is me going to, oh, I know my purpose and I know yeah. what I'm meant to be doing. And it is really scary. I'm very it's very vulnerable. It's, yeah. yeah. Thank That's you. So Thank you. Thank you for holding space so beautifully. Oh really my appreciate gosh. It. No problem. Okay. So I'm going to, yes. in the, um, when I, when this goes live, you guys, I will link Ashley's personal Instagram. I will link um, info to Mala Collective, their Instagram and their website. And I highly encourage you to um, slide into her DMs in a respectful way (laughs) if you have any questions or want to continue chatting with Ashley. But thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Unfiltered with Allie. This is your friendly reminder that I have new episodes launching weekly on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you like what you heard, please leave a review on Apple and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Have questions or maybe you want to connect further? Head over to Instagram and type in at Unfiltered with Allie. See you next week.